I am your host, Caleb Keller. I am joined alongside the co-host, as always, Nolan Ferris. Today, we are going to dig deep into everything that we think about this era of Disney's Star Wars. And I'm going to try to be as even kill as possible. There's a lot of things that I love, a lot of things that I also do not love. I don't know how Nolan feels, I'm but let's go gonna ahead. I'm not going to be even kill. All right. Well, I'm going to lean... Be? I'm going to lean one way or the other. I haven't okay. decided which way it is yet. Based on the points you bring up, I'm going to tell okay. you how I feel about them. Okay. That sounds great. So what we have planned to do, I kind of have this whole thing kind of outlined, hopefully. We've got it bro- broken into three different segments. First segment, we're going to be positive first. I'm going to focus in on the things that I think are successes for Disney Star Wars. After that, we'll go to the kind of negative things that a lot of people out there are getting bummed out about and those of you listening probably know that just recently there was some big news that dropped as far as Obi-Wan Kenobi goes we'll get into that later and then lastly we'll get into the future of Disney Star Wars and to see just where we're going to be going next yeah so first phase we're going to get into the discussion of the successes and the first thing that stands out to me when it comes to Disney Star Wars is the financial success that all of these films that they have put out hang are on, hang, hang occurring? On, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get started, okay, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this. How good. are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, <laughs> but I'm gonna do a shameless plug right here. Okay, if you're listening, first time listener, then make sure you give us a like. Make sure you give us a share. Reach out to us on social medias, social medias, and everything and comment what you think uh, you wanted to hear in the future or what you thought about this episode. Definitely. All right, now diving into the financial stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I wrote this down here. We had an estimated total of $5.882 billion from the five films that Disney has put out. Yeah, that's a lot of dollars. That's The Force Awakens, which was $2.06 billion. Then Rogue One, which was one point zero five billion. The Last Jedi, one point three two one billion. You could tell. Solo, that's kind of the negative, and that's gonna come up later. Only made three hundred and ninety three point two million. And then now the Rise of Skywalker is currently sitting at one point zero three billion. So if you look at that trend, it's going down almost on all of them. Yes. And for facts, especially yes, with is, solo for certain, but in the grand scheme of things that, like you said, that is a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the pro, uh, what do you call them? Protesters or not protesters, but boycotters, boycotters. Yeah. That's the word. A lot of the boycotters are like, Oh, this is a big win for us. And if that's what you're basing that off of is only allowing them to make one, billion dollars <laughs> yeah no you that's did a good it point that's i mean you point. did it good 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 job you you limited disney to one billion one billion dollars that's that's a lot of that's a lot of dollars <laughs> yeah so and i actually did congratulations see, if that's your goal <laughs> i did see uh, an article online i don't know who it was i don't want to falsely say that it was some big company but i want to think it is but they said something about how Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker making one billion is a win for people that aren't happy with Disney Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And so like the boycotters, they consider that a win, right? That they've limited to them. I but don't think Disney's viewing that. I mean, it's a billion dollars, and I understand. Okay, so 
I think The Force Awakens set the expectations way too high as far as money goes. I mean, The Force Awakens nearly made double the amount of money compared to every other film that Disney has put out. And I do remember, though, The Force Awakens, it was re- it was received very positively, both by critics and also by fans. And I think word of mouth really helped that film. And the thing about it is, though, that Rogue One, I know I put a video out there saying that The Force Awakens was my fav- or is my favorite Disney-era Star Wars film on Facebook, Twitter. You can, you can see that there where I gave kind of a preview of this week's podcast episode. I talked about how... The Force Awakens was my favorite. But I truly think in the grand scheme of things that Rogue One is an exceptional Star Wars film. And it really, really put me in the great feels that the very end of that movie for Rogue One when Vader pops up. What do you think about that scene? That was probably the best scene. Well, for me, it was the best scene of the whole movie because it showed... I don't know. He looked like a younger Anakin. I know it was yeah. only like five minutes younger than, than what we yeah than what we've seen. Yeah, it just kind of goes. He was just with, powerful. Yeah, it kind of goes that. with the technology just of shooting yes. films too. Yes, but yeah, and that's a great point. It was it was really almost like seeing Anakin actually inside Vader's suit as young like like as Hayden Christensen. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, and. I'll never forget we we went to see that movie together too, and I think as soon as we got in the car, you like asked me what I thought, and that scene was like the only thing that I could talk about. I think I was like shouting because it was yeah. so good. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, the money that these films brought in is a tremendous success, and I know that Disney is a money making machine. So yeah, again, this could end up being a negative, but Disney's all about that money. So, so far for them, at least, Star Wars has been a huge success. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, and I know it isn't for them, because there's, I was looking up films that, in 2019, uh, top grossing Disney films in yeah. 2019, and The Rise of Skywalker was seventh. Seventh for Disney. For Disney. Do you think that's a reflection of the quality of the film or the fan base? I think it's a little both. Yeah. I mean, because you got to think it's not it didn't get a lot of support. Yeah. Um from the I mean from the get-go it right. didn't get a lot of support, but it's still 7th. True. It's still top 10. Now is Frozen beating it? Is Frozen above it? Well, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> no, Frozen. Okay, so here's the list from seventh uh, to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- Star Wars is seven. Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Aladdin oh, is six. Toy Story 4 is five. Okay. Captain Marvel is four. Okay. Frozen 2 is three. The Lion King is two. See, I can get behind that one. See, I love Lion King growing up, so... <laughs> this is my favorite one. Lion King or the first one? We all know what number one's going to be. What is it? Endgame. Oh, yeah, it's Endgame, yeah. <laughs> Endgame, like, double Avengers <laughs> Endgame, yeah. That was yeah. Uh, that was an awesome movie, you though. Know it's what? hard, I mean, I don't know, it's I, hard to be fair. I really think that me and you should do a podcast episode of Star Wars vs. Marvel. Because I know you would really, really love Marvel. Yes. And I like Marvel. Like, yeah. I'm fine with it. 
But I think that'd be a good argument, like for a podcast episode. Well, I mean, what I like is, and I know some people don't, they don't like the fan service or whatever. Yeah. But Marvel gives it to you. Every every movie, they give it to you. They give you what you want to see. Well, and I think that the two... Except for Endgame. True. That's my favorite. (laughs) Spoilers. My favorite character got killed at the end. Yep. But he saved the day. Yeah. Turned him into a legend. Yeah, my favorite character, um, Thor, got fat, so. Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Drink, it's racist. Disney's doing a great job of making that moolah. And uh, the second thing that I want to point out as far as Disney's successes, again, is a kind of another money-making machine. And I don't, I can't really dive into it a lot because I haven't been to it, but it is all over the YouTube uh all over the internet, people putting out reviews and videos of the rides, and that's at Galaxy's Edge. Disney developed this new immersive park in both California and in Florida where you can physically go to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I know me and Maddie both really want to go before we yeah. before we have kids. That way I can be the kid in Star Wars uh, in <laughs> yeah. the Galaxy's Edge. My sister-in-law actually just went. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Um, to Galaxy's Edge, yes. Uh oh, she got to she got to be on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, see, I can't wait to do it. Yeah, but I haven't been able to go. Yeah, she sent me pictures. It's pretty cool. But I think that's a huge success for Disney. And like I said, there's not really much I can talk t- about with that, just because I haven't been. And I'm sure one day I will do that. But I did want to just throw that out there that that's a huge yeah. success in my mind for Disney Star Wars. But the next thing we can definitely talk about, and that's this principle of using disney plus to take star wars forward in a new direction and we have definitely seen that early on with the mandalorian being a huge success for both star wars fans and new star wars fans to come into the saga yes i would agree with that i think the mandalorian has brought new fans from like it has created new fans Yes. And then the newer fans that just like, you know, the prequels and then the sequels Mm -hmm. that, you know, like my wife, it got her, like the Mandalorian is what got my wife to watch all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And I think that's the case for a lot of people um, because of, you know, it's popular right now. Right. The the characters in it, Mm -hmm. like the child, Baby Yoda, whatever everybody's calling it. Definitely. That's drawn in like. Tons. Tons. But I almost want to say mostly it's drawn in females. Am mm-hmm. I wrong by saying that? Because Baby they Yoda. think he's so cute and everything. I think it definitely pulls their heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. It brings them in. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, that that's what makes Maddie excited to see the show every yeah. week. Yeah. So. So, I, you know, and then it's bringing in, you know, the old-timey Star Wars fans that love everything about Star Wars and um, canon, mm-hmm. and it's tying back into some of the original trilogy. Yep. You know, with Even, the shots on Tatooine yep. and Boba Fett that we suspect, like, right, suspect is going to show up in season two, we hope. Hopefully. Um, so, I mean, it just ties everybody together, and it's it's, it's yeah. like a big drawstring. It's like it's a just generational, generational pull. Yeah. It's got all the little things things from the prequels that people like us grew up watching the prequels so we're instantly hooked with it it's even got connections to clone wars so that's even exactly younger audiences that want to get into it but yeah disney plus has opened this 
huge, huge possibility for Star Wars and for future storytelling opportunities with that platform. And we'll definitely talk more about kind of those future ideas with Disney Plus because we do know of at least two more, well, three more technically series in development for Star Wars. Yeah. Well, here's what I here's what I hate. Well, I don't really hate it, but here's what I don't want to happen for the Mandalorian. There goes our recording, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what I don't want to happen for The Mandalorian. I don't want to, um, for people to overhype it for mm-hmm. season two and then be disappointed. Yeah. Because I felt like that's what happened with this, um, with the sequels. I felt like everybody was super excited. And that's why, you know, the top grossing movie from the past, you know, what, five years? Well, 2015 is when The Force Awakens came out. Yeah. That so, was the top grossing yeah. movie. So, of of this of all know, of them, the, Disney of era. all of them. So it's hard to, and I think that's because it was the first one. Yeah, and well, everybody was looking forward and to it. There were so didn't many, really know so many possibilities exactly. to the story, and people thought Luke, Khan, and Leia are coming back. So we're going to see these three do something again, but we really, really didn't see it. Yeah. So I think that really hurt with the next films. And also, word of mouth for the remainder of the films wasn't as good as it was for The Force Awakens. But I think overall, people love Rogue One. Yeah, I think... I, I don't yeah. think I've ever talked to a Star Wars fan that doesn't think Rogue One was great. And I think the reason that is is because it was sandwiched between movies that people love. Yeah. Episode 3 was amazing. Uh, yeah. We know that's your favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> Episode 3 was amazing. And, and then Star Wars, the original Star Wars yep. was, you know, that's where it all started. So Absolutely. you can't, you can't, it would be hard to mess that up. And, con, you know, this is what this, the sequels didn't have. They didn't have any guidelines. Agree. And that's it, definitely some stuff we're getting into later. Rogue One. I got a lot to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rogue One, you had pretty much a pretty strict guideline. You yeah. knew where it was going to start. What was happening in the galaxy when it True. was when it when it was when you were going to make the movie, and then you knew where it was going to end. Mm-hmm. So you had to fit whatever you're going to do in between those time points. Yep. And so it's I just think, like one. I think it made it a whole lot easier for. Yeah, them to do. it's one film. You've got this to do. You've got you've basically got to kill these characters off because we know yeah. they're not around in the yeah, original. Everybody's got to die. So they knew the ending. <laughs> yeah. Before they made it, yep. which is something they didn't know with the sequel trilogy, but we will definitely get into that here later when we move into the phase two. But just the last point that I have that we have kind of already touched on as far as the success of Disney Star Wars is regardless how you feel about these movies, about even if you read the comics, books, whatever it is, anything that Disney's putting out, I think it's extremely entertaining. And if you Go in with the mindset of having fun. You're going to have an absolute blast watching whatever they're putting out. And if you just ignore like the haters out there and you just enjoy Star Wars for Star Wars, Disney's knocking that out of the park, at least in yeah. my opinion. I would say if you didn't have the internet, um, then you would really like the movies. Yeah. I think um, people will influence your judgment on them. Now, I'm not saying that Disney's doing everything right either. Because by far Definitely they're not. not. By far they're not. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but um but I think if you're just wanting to watch a Star Wars movie, then uh 
it, they're good. They're good movies to watch. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna like you said, you're gonna enjoy them. Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna have fun. Um, new characters are always kind of strange at the beginning, but yep. you know, I think they seat them in pretty well in this trilogy. Yeah, and that's kind of something that I just thought of as far as throwing in there for successes. I feel like the new characters that Disney's putting out there have all been interesting to me. Like the main characters. Yeah. Like the main three or main two villains throughout. Okay, yeah, the main two villains. Well, there's really three villains. Snoke, Kylo, and Emperor. Yeah, I would say those were the main villains for this trilogy. Era. Yeah, trilogy, I guess. Uh, And then you got your three main good guys. Like your new character good guys. Finn, Poe, and Rey. Yeah, you, and I, I mean, know you're kind of like, like you like Finn in Episode Nine, but the other two you didn't like. Well, I think Episode Nine kind of, I don't know. I, yeah, I did, did not Episode like him. Nine change like. It so didn't change did, the way I feel okay. about him from Episode. Gotcha. See, that was what so, I was gonna ask. Yeah, no, seven and eight, but there are some pointless characters in this trilogy. Oh yeah. Um, and we, I think we talked about. Yes, if you listened to our sure. previous podcast, you know. Go back and listen. Go we back don't and listen. like. Oh, I can't even remember what her name is. Rose. Rose. <laughs> God, she's so pointless. She's just, and that's nothing against actress or the performance. No, she does very well. It's acting. just the. It's just they direction they wrote her. Yep. They wrote her character in a very pointless manner. I yeah. Think. Absolutely. Now, any other successes you want to throw out there, just kind of off the top of your head? Because those are the ones that I p- pointed out to me. Um, I would say that if you haven't seen it, that The Rise of Skywalker was a, was a success. Okay. For me, it wrapped up what you would call the Skywalker saga fairly well. Okay. I mean, it was, you know, it was it had a lot of fan service mm-hmm. in it. I'm a fan of fan service. Yeah. I want to go to a movie that I'm going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I want to see what I want to, like, I want you to show me what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, I, I can't disagree and with the that. the Rise of Skywalker had everything that I wanted to see. Yeah. Um. Now, there were some quirks. Yeah, like Ray Skywalker. Ray Skywalker, <laughs> not a fan of that. I was not a fan of uh, a few other things. I was not a fan of General Hux's... Um, Death. Well, just Spy. that whole scene, <laughs> like, just was poorly written. Like, it was yeah. so quick. It was like, and... It did move fast. Yeah, it did. Like, I felt like it needed to either be broken up in two mm-hmm. movies or make it a longer movie. Yeah. No, I I wish they would have made a longer movie. I don't know yeah. why they didn't. Maybe they were too scared of, of it yeah. being too long, but... But, all in all, taken away from what it... Like, from the movie, what I've taken away, I think it did well. Yeah. I think it ended... It tied everything together. There are a couple of holes yep. that we need you know, one day to have field. For sure. But other than that, I, I mean, you know, good, I, good movie overall. I agree. I, I agree. Uh, so we're going to move away from kind of the s- successes of the Disney era. Here we go. Uh, but I do want to say, though, if you're listening and you think we missed a success, comment on one of our posts just to let us know of something maybe out there that you think yeah. is great that Disney's doing with Star Wars, and maybe we can talk about it kind of at a later date but i would love to hear some other people join in with agreeing with our successes or yeah. even adding more to it yeah let's mando talk about it yeah let's do that <laughs> hey that's a hashtag right there <laughs> all right let's move into phase two and this is kind of 
what I want to really have fun with. And this is the longest section that I have, and I think it's for a good reason. Okay. This is discussion of all of the behind-the-scene issues that have occurred inside this Disney era of Star Wars. And it dates all the way back from the very beginning when Lucasfilm and Disney both originally merged together with the idea that they were going to develop the sequel trilogy of 7 through 9. And the original plan was to involve George Lucas. George Lucas was going to be an executive producer. He was going to give his input. And he was going to... He wasn't going to direct or, or necessarily write every single yeah, detail. He was just going to be was, there. He, it was kind of kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi with Luke Skywalker as a force ghost. Like, he's there yeah. just to give some guidance here and there. But Disney... Or I guess, I don't know if it was Kathleen Kennedy or Disney, but they made the decision to completely get rid of George Lucas's episode 7 through 9 treatments that he had wrote. So kind of like outlines of point A to point B. Yeah, I bet because, they regret that. But, yeah, <laughs> p- possibly. Because George Lucas says they were just searching to please the fans. They weren't really trying to advance the story. So Lucas decided to leave at that point. Do you have any thoughts as far as like mistake mistake on letting Lucas go or Lucas like mistake on Lucas's part? Um, I would say both. First of all, he did well by himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he felt like he needed Disney's help with uh, the. George, I mean, Lucas Films. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't get the merger. Like he was doing like okay why by Disney himself. Him. Yeah. Well, George. I think George was done making. Movies. I don't think he wanted to make any more as far as like being the guy in charge. So he decided, I mean, I think Disney paid like 14 million or something to George Lucas just to get Lucasfilm. And of course, George Lucas is still getting more money and more money each time Disney puts a movie out. But Um, I mean, that's a great point. And I, I really think it goes back to fans getting the best of George whenever the prequels were coming out. Because the same thing that's happening right now with the sequels, with all this fan backlash, was even just yeah, as bad it was back just, then. Yeah. And imagine prequel era if Twitter was around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that they would were having really to bad. write out their complaints <laughs> on a piece of paper. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that start to me, I mean, in the time frame, I wasn't thinking much about it. But looking back... Not having George Lucas around to say that's not really how the force works, or yeah, you can't not force really... heal everybody. That's <laughs> yeah. not, I mean, come on. I mean, that's the only thing that there was because you look back in the, uh, the old movies, and there's so many cases where you know these Jedi could have used the force healing, and we talked about in the last episode, and uh, and maybe it is sort of a gray Jedi trait, yeah, because that's in my opinion. I'm a believer in Grey Jedi. Mm-hmm. Which we did talk heavily we, about yes, Grey Jedi last heavily. week. But I do want to say, though, we, I think we all believe that Grey Jedi should be a thing, but Grey Jedi is not, is not canon. official canon right now, no. at least not currently. Which is kind of frustrating because I think it's something that would be a great plot point. Yeah. But again, so, they didn't hit that. Yeah. So. But my thing is okay, going back to where are we at? Going back to Disney and Lucasfilm. Yep. Okay. They made a mistake by pushing George Lucas out. Okay. I I agree. My reasoning is because he had the vision. Mm -hmm. They threw that vision out. 
and then they had to come up with it all by themselves. Which was not a good way they came up with it, but... <laughs> no. He had sort of a vision, you know, that, that the outlines for 7 through 9. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they totally disregarded that. So they did. And he was like, all right, peace, dude, I'm bouncing. It's definitely... I, I think Disney definitely put it out there, put the films they wanted to put out there just to please fans. Yeah, but they pleased half of them. True. So, like, yeah, they they had they this goal. They pleased me but because they I'm simple-minded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I like seeing stuff move with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and lightsabers and, and cool mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, it's easy to please me, but <laughs> to please, like, a, an old Star Wars fan that's, yeah. um, you know, you. Yeah. Then it, it's, uh, it, it's got to be harder. Yeah. But, you know. Me, it's not that it's not that hard, and I guess they I were that, aiming yeah. for a new audience completely. Mm-hmm. They hit that mark. Oh, they did, and I think we'll see that in about ten years. Whenever all the kids that grew up with these sequels yeah. start getting older and they start having a voice yeah. on social media, they'll be like us, and they'll be like, "Oh, The Force Awakens was my favorite episode." <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking, dude? Did you not see episode three? <laughs> episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Old Star Wars. Yep. You know, prequel Star Wars right here. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to be like, man, The Rise of Skywalker, that was nuts. Yeah, they probably, and I hope they are. I really hope it is, because it's kind of like a generational thing. Yeah. It's I like mean, a cycle much, yeah. that continues to happen. Yeah. And I think that's what Star Wars is intended to be, so. <laughs> they're going to be like, The Last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie <laughs> ever made. <laughs> oh, and uh, B.A.'s not going to like that no. at all. <laughs> B.A.'s going to be the old hater on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he is. Brandon Anderson's our, one of our frequent guests. Yep. That's, that's who we're referring to. He does not like The Last Jedi. Uh, well, he's not a big fan of it. No. So next, though, I do want to get into just the behind-the-scenes issues that pop up with a lot of the films that occurred during this era of Disney. But I do want to point out I don't have anything written down for behind-the-scene issues with The Force Awakens. Because, like I said, when The Force Awakens came out, things seemed like they were going great, they were going smooth, but then it goes downhill from there. So, and I'm even going to start this with Rogue One. And I don't know if you... I don't even know if you initially knew about this. Uh, Probably not. So, Gareth Edwards was the director for Rogue One, and initially, the film that he developed, Lucasfilm, was not pleased with whatsoever. So, very late in the production process, they had to do reshoots, they even redid the script, and they had a writer named Tony Gilroy come in, and he had to fix the entire last third of the movie because Lucasfilm was not pleased with what they saw. Of Rogue One? Of Rogue One. Okay. So initially, because I don't, I know it's been a while probably since you've seen the Rogue One trailer. It's been a while since I saw it. But even the initial Rogue One trailer has so many scenes in it that do not make Yeah, I remember that. I don't don't remember which ones they were, but I remember like us talking about it before we went and seen it. So like Jin and Cassian were running out on the battlefield with the Death Star plans in their hand getting shot at by an Mm AT-AT. Never makes the cut. Because remember, they don't even get out of... Like, they get out of the tower with the Death Star plans or they transmission them up. But when they get out of the tower, they're not running away from anybody. They're just admitting that they can't get out of the situation, so they die. Yeah. So I don't know if Gareth Edwards initially planned on having his characters live or not, 
but they had Tony Gilroy come in and fix whatever he did with that last bit of the movie. Huh. So issue one sparks there with Rogue One. And then we get into The Last Jedi. And again, there wasn't really any behind the scenes, like we're making this movie, here's some issues pop up. None of that really happened. But this was the issue that I really had, and I really want to hear your thoughts on it. They announce, before The Last Jedi even comes out, before people see what they think about this movie or not, they announce that they have signed Ryan Johnson to be a writer and or director of a complete series of his own films that he he would want to do in Star Wars. And that decision really bothered me because The Last Jedi just created this huge divide in the fandom and because you've already signed him to all these deals to make all these movies, that's already starting in a bad direction because fans aren't going to be happy with it. Yeah. So I just felt like that was bad timing, and I'd, I would love to be a fly in the wall to hear the people that approved of that decision to make it that quick. I don't know, though. I mean, and I love things about The Last Jedi, but and they still haven't canceled Ryan Johnson's films his films yeah like his contract or so do we know what those are they have said that it's completely separate of skywalkers like it's a completely separate story altogether so he wouldn't have these expectations going into it it'd be something we've never seen before which makes me feel a little bit better about it because i think that's partially what's wrong with the last jedi his expectations were so high and he didn't hit the mark on all of them no none of them well, we'll get into that in a second. there were some that I enjoyed, like the Kylo and Ray stuff, but that was about Ray it. Ray Low. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, Ryan Johnson's film was not terrible once you've seen The yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so you enjoy it more after you've more seen it? More now. Okay. Yes, 100%, and I can't wait till it comes out like on DVD or Disney Plus yeah. where I can watch all three of them back to back to back. Yeah, that would be think, interesting. I think... People will have a new respect for the last year. Yeah, and I'm still seeing online people pushing back and saying that the rise of Skywalker retcons everything from the last Jedi, and I totally disagree. With yeah, that. well, I mean, there's a no. couple parts. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. At there's all. a couple parts like Rose not being important, and yeah, Kylo's helmet getting fixed, and yeah, r- the Skywalker lightsaber getting fixed. I mean, those are just like in your face. Like, no, nah, we're gonna bring these things back. Yeah, but other than that, at least currently, I'm not. I'm not reading into it as much as other people are. I think JJ just made the film he wanted to make. Yeah, but, and I think he made the film that people wanted to see. Agreed. Which is what they needed to do at that point. Yep. Like, okay, Ryan Johnson made the film that he wanted you to see, and then J.J. had to make the film that you wanted to see. Yeah, and we'll talk kind of about that later because that's really the big thing that mm-hmm. I want to get into. Yeah. But the next film that had behind the scene issues was Solo, A Star Wars Story. Have you even seen that movie yet? No. <laughs> so there I you know. go. The three hundred and ninety-three million. Uh, I'm part of box the office. There. Boycotters <laughs> on that again. No, I'm not a boycotter. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Like I'm. I would love to see it, but I just haven't seen it yet. Well, Disney Plus. Well, is it on Disney Plus yet? <laughs> I haven't even seen it Excuse yet. Me. No, on I don't Disney know. Plus. I'm not know. sure. But the issues that happened with Solo, Lord and Miller, the original okay. directors, were fired. Deep 
deep into the production of Solo. And so actually a good friend of George Lucas, Opie, off of Andy Griffith's show, yeah. Ron Howard, came to save the day. And I I mean, I enjoyed Solo. I thought it was a fun film. Now, was it a great film? No. And I know you can't really add to this a lot because you haven't seen it. But I think, again, it's one of those films that Star Wars fans that I have talked to about it, they don't mind it. It's just there. It's just yeah. one of those, like, nah, here's a little Star Wars for you to please you till the next one comes out. Right. And I really feel like, and this kind of gets to my next point, I really feel like the Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, made the decision to release this in May just to make some extra money. And there's actually a report or rumors out there that the reason, because Star Wars has been coming out in December and December only. Well, Solo is the only one that has came out in May. And it came out with Avengers, and it came out with Deadpool, and it came out with all of these heavy hitter competition films. Yeah. And apparently the rumor is that Bob Iger only put it out in May to please shareholders to reach a goal amount of money just to, I guess, make Disney look better. And again, it wasn't about, well, what's best for the Star Wars fan base. It's about let's make this money. Yeah. And I really think that Solo would have benefited had it been released in December, like all of the like other the films. Because yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but do you think there would have been a better chance you would have went to see it in theaters had it been in December? Yes. Kind of like the holiday because season. In ten, well, not necessarily that, but when you release something in May, May is a difficult month for me anyways because, you know, my mom's birthday's in May, Cassie's birthday's in May. Yeah. We have the hog roast in May. So it's like every weekend in May I have something going on. Yeah. But in December it's cold outside so you can't do anything. So, <laughs> so yes. Go to the movies. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that's – prime movie season is when it starts to get cold outside yeah i agree and i mean well avengers will disagree with you because it's the biggest film of all time and it came out in may <laughs> yeah but it's avengers <laughs> it's a whole lot better Thanks, than star man. wars get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i'm joking all right next film that had issues and that is the beloved at least here it's beloved the rise of skywalker so initially they had a completely separate director Colin Trevorrow hired on to direct episode nine and Lucasfilm decided to also fire him based off of creative differences. And I put that in quotes there on my notes because that's what the Lucasfilm press release said that they were basing it off of creative differences as far as what they wanted from episode nine. And of course, I know a lot of you out there have seen it, have read it, have talked about it. Of course, Month or month after the Rise of Skywalker comes out, his original script leaks online, and of course, everyone loves it. So it's just adding to this toxic. Well, we should have seen Colin Trevorrow's film; it would have been better. Versus, no, JJ's is fine. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Keep it a secret. Like burn them. Yeah. Burn the originals or or that dude's story. Yeah. Because there's no need in it. Well, all it's doing is is driving a wedge in Star Wars fans. Yeah. Some either some either like JJ's or some either like um, Collins. Collins. Yeah. So yeah, you got to get rid of that. And now, so the big thing about his script, it was written before Carrie Fisher passed away. And Carrie Fisher played a huge role 
in his episode nine script. And it just, in all reality, I don't think it would have been possible to follow his original plan unless they recast Princess or General Leia at that point. I just don't see any other actress playing General Leia except Carrie Fisher. No, at least it, that would this have been age. that would have been dumped on. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked it. So I'm kind of glad that they, number one, did what they did in the Rise of Skywalker. But I don't know if I'm glad they re- let go of Colin because I did, quite frankly, love the script after reading it. Like the so you know how my biggest complaint was number one, the Emperor coming back had no meaning. Yeah. Number two, we didn't really get to see Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. Yes. We definitely see Supreme Leader Kylo Ren in the Colin Trevorrow script for episode nine. And the title for his episode nine was Duel of the Fates. That's an epic title. Oh, yeah. Okay. I so, see what he did there. And there's just, I know you haven't read it, but there's so much inside there that gets my Star Wars nerdiness sweating and going. I mean, they go back to Mortis, which was a planet that they, that you see in Clone Wars, where it's this dark side entity and this light side entity always have to stay on this planet to keep the Force in balance. And I know that's getting really deep into nerdy stuff, but we see Kylo Ren and Rey battle there. We also see General Hux commit suicide, and hmm. it's at Coruscant. And he in ep, in Collins Episode Nine, he was Chancellor Hux, and he was the Chancellor, Chancellor. in Cor, in Coruscant. Huh? Yeah. So your Hux character would have been extremely important if Colin had stayed on. He committed suicide. With uh, at least the script art, it was, Kylo, it was Kylo Ren's lightsaber that he did it with. That's some dark stuff in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Do you think... I know you haven't read it, but just from the things I've said so far, intrigued? Interested? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see both of them. Yeah. Well, we never will. <laughs> it's kind of like you said, though. It's kind of a pointless conversation because it's just we're never going to see it. And yeah. again, it's just one of those things out there that's making one half yeah, of the fan base angry. Now you've got doubts about which film would have been better. Exactly. Yep. So, you've got to destroy those. Yep. Or get rid of them. Now, I want to see the director's cut, but I don't even know if I want to see that because it's going to give me doubts about the movies. Like yeah. I want to see JJ's cut extended of the film. cut. Yeah, I agree. To see what you what know he it's did. longer. Yeah, oh yeah. And I, in my opinion, it needed to be longer. Because there's reports in. out there that part of the original film, they actually explain the Emperor being back. Exactly. I don't see how you should cut that out of the film. I don't care if it slows the movie down or not. Like, right. I need to see that. And I, I I really don't understand why they didn't include that in the film. But Right. Anyway, next thing behind the scenes was Benny Off and Weiss. These are the Game of Thrones producers. So a lot of Game of Thrones guys, a lot of fans of that series were angry with these guys because they rushed Game of Thrones so they could work on their Star Wars project. They rushed the ending of that series so they could start on Star Wars. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I heard the ending was terrible. Yeah, it's a bad ending for Game of Thrones. But... So they could go play with lightsabers? So they could go have fun with Star Wars. But in the end, they sign a deal with Netflix so they also leave Star Wars. No, they didn't do The Witcher. Oh, they They're didn't. doing something completely different. 
but yeah, yeah they left i'm i'm not even sure if like titles of what they're doing have come out but they sound they sound like this huge contract where they're going to make multiple things for them i got you. and i don't know if the multiple things are going to be connected or not they're just creators that i guess netflix has signed on to only make stuff well for yeah them. you mean you've made one of the biggest tv series uh hbo of series all time. it's really i would say of this decade one, I mean, okay, you gotta one, think of, one of the biggest ones of all time, yeah. man. I'll I, say I would that. say one of them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's just, again, and the report was, since they did all this old-timey Game of Thrones stuff, they were going to come in and finally give us canon of Old Republic. So way, way, way before the prequels, we were going to get to see, like, the creation of the Jedi, the creation of the Sith, and the Rule of Two, and all this stuff before all of these characters that we love so much were even around. And I think that would have been extremely interesting to see, but of course, I don't think we're ever going to see it. At least not from them. Alright, so that gets us ready for the meat of the conversation that I wanted to get into. And that is two things. Number one... The sequel trilogy reception, and then number two, we've got that news out there about Obi-Wan Kenobi and its TV series, but let's focus in on right now the sequel trilogy reception, and the big thing that I want to talk about with that is I think it's very evident as we've now seen these three films thrown together with originally three different completely directors taking it over, I think it's very evident that there was no clear overarching plan from the get-go yes and i think with jj coming in on that last one i think it was a very late effort to try to make them connect yeah so my overall thoughts on this last trilogy is unplanned greatness yeah to me i mean because it is good I, i really i really liked it so, but it it was unplanned for sure. You can definitely tell that it was unplanned, even from the first movie. You can see that, right? Um, moving forward, I thought it was well executed with what he with, I, on J J Abrams' part, yeah, on, with what he had to deal with in this last movie. Yeah, I thought it was well executed, and um, I think he wrapped up the saga, the Skywalker saga, in a way that is going to please most. Right. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Really, I mean, because you can't please everybody. And there's always going to be some naysayers and some and some uh, haters out there. And that's fine. That's what makes, I mean, that's what makes you be better is listening to the, you know, the... Um, critics. Critics, haters, yeah. Whatever that yeah. you want to call them. The critics and uh, the people that, you know, don't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. You know, that's how you make yourself better. So overall, my overall thoughts for it, and we can dive into it in depth, yep. but what, I mean, good movies mm-hmm. individually. Agree. And I think it was very evident. So I know this is one of the big complaints that I've had as we've reviewed The Rise of Skywalker over and over again was the fact that the Emperor came back. Yeah, And I know J.J. and Kathleen both said as they were, you know, doing their go-arounds, hyping up the movie, they both said that the Emperor was planned to come back all along. And I do not believe that whatsoever. You don't? I think 
I think that, okay, maybe, yes, him coming back in some form was a plan. I don't think him coming back as a full-on main villain in the flesh was the plan. Yeah, I can see that. I can see how that was kind of... And that kind of connects to... You tired? (laughs) Sorry, caught me in a yawn. (laughs) uh, It connects back to Colin's script where he had planned for Kylo Ren to come across a hologram of the Emperor communicating to Darth Vader to tell him about if Luke ends up turning to the dark side and he kills me and he's now your new apprentice, here's what I need you to do with him. And so that so Kylo Ren was going to see that hologram of the Emperor communicating to Vader and that was going to lead him to the planet of Mortis that we've seen in Clone Wars before. So yes, I believe that that was maybe a plan. But you don't think that that he was ever going to return in person? No. Now, I'm all for the Emperor coming back like that hologram yeah. aspect, but I do not think it was a main villain kind of role. I think it was a last kind of effort for J.J. and Lucasfilm to, they just picked a character that they knew that everyone would love to see again, and they rolled with it. Well, let me ask you this. Did it work for them? The Emperor coming back? Yeah. Do you think it worked in their, like, what they were planning on doing? What they wanted to happen, do you think it worked for them? See, in my perspective, no. But I can see in maybe just, like, the casual fan, I mean, it's a billion dollars that it made. (laughs) I know it's it's really hard to sit here and say that a billion dollars is not a success. But in movie world, it's it's not. Well, I I think in general movie world, in general movie world, it is. But Star Wars and Disney, it's not. Well, Disney, no. I mean, it didn't even crack top five in one year. Right, like a year. That's not top. Like that's not in a decade. That's, That's, That's crazy to me. That's a year. Yeah. That's and absolutely crazy to me that Star Wars has come to that. Cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so maybe the boycotters did what they wanted to do. Maybe they yeah. didn't. It's all perspective. Yeah. Um, I liked the movie. Yeah, I did too. But I liked this saga. Again, it's just my big frustration here where their original plan was, all right, JJ, you take the wheel on episode seven. Do what you want. Episode 8, Ryan, you take the wheel, do whatever you want. And then they were initially going to give Episode 9 to Colin. He was going to get to do whatever he want. But then once everyone saw the backlash of Episode 8 of Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi, Lucasfilm quickly goes to J.J. and asks if he can fix it. And that's just a bad look to me. And it it clearly shows that there was no connection from film to film to film. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. And so... I'm going to pose this question to you because it's something that I enjoy debating on and I've seen it online. So, with J.J. setting up this entire sequel trilogy and him not initially planning to finish it, would you put the blame on J.J. Abrams for this lack of connection or would you put more of the blame on Ryan Johnson? for this sequel trilogy becoming so bumpy. Hmm. Man, honestly, and I know that we talked about it earlier um off off air yeah. about how Ryan um 
J.J. Abrams didn't want to do but one movie. Right. So, he, yeah, he so, initially signed up for just one. They wanted to give him more. Yeah. That At least that's the report. Right. But he said no. Okay. Um, in my opinion, they should have never let him do one. If he wasn't going to do all of them, then they shouldn't have never let him do it. Like, they needed a director for all three movies. That's what they should have found when they were hiring well, directors. I do kind of have a little bit of a pushback with that, though. As long as they had the same writer for all three, I'm fine with them having a different director. Yeah. Like, the original trilogy, okay, yeah, yeah, George yeah, Lucas yeah. was the writer, the creator of it, but he had different directors in those three. Yeah. Yeah. I, And I see that. Yeah. Um, I guess, and that's kind of what I was getting at. But it did, did they have the same writer? For, for all three of the movies? Of the sequels? Yeah. No shot. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's my thing, is like, that's important. Yeah. To keep the story flowing in a definitely, you know, on a downstream and they didn't manner. Have that. They could have even had just an outline writer. Here's an outline of the things we need to hit. They didn't Well, even they have did. That. They had George Lucas and they <laughs> threw him away. <laughs> True. True. So, I mean, and who's who who do you, who do you put that on blame-wise? Lucasfilm. I do too. So, it all comes back to that. Wait, you said Okay, I thought you said Disney. <laughs> I put it on Disney. I, I just I don't I don't like what Disney's doing. I think Kathleen Kennedy should not have made plans for a sequel trilogy without having an overarching plan. Right. Well, I see that. Yeah. So I get you. I I understand where you're going there. Yeah. But listen, I think we could spend an entire podcast episode just talking about the lack of connections, the yeah. the frustration that I have with the connections of this sequel trilogy. So maybe we should just save that possibly for another podcast episode because I really want to get into this breaking news. Okay, but first, overall, my thoughts, and I think yours probably too. Yeah, for the sequel trilogy? For the sequel trilogy. Okay, yeah, go for it. Great, great movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they were... They were really good standalone movies, but not as a trilogy. Yeah. Like Action Pack. Had a blast Action watching Pack. them. Oh, yeah. They were super fun to watch and had some decent tie-ins to the previous movies. Yeah. Previous episodes. But I don't know. It, it's just that lack of continuity that well, yeah, they I mean, had established. You, so it felt like you were... I mean, it didn't feel like you were you had the same flow through the whole trilogy. Yeah. Like you did with, you know, the prequels and, you know, the original trilogy. You just yeah. don't get that through this, uh, the sequels. Agree. I mean, well, you, you kind of go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, the inconsistencies, I guess, agree. in the storyline. Definitely agree. But very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's always Star Wars. Yep. So I'm always going to go see them. Agree. I think you hit the nail on that on that one. Even though I haven't I, seen Solo. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> Go know. see that. I know, Jeez. I know, I know. All right, let's get into the breaking news. That came out yesterday that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, so again, this is adding to behind-the-scenes drama or extra stuff that I don't think is necessary. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series has been delayed, the production of that TV show. The reason behind that, at least that the report indicated, 
was that Lucasfilm, a.k.a. Kathleen Kennedy, was not pleased while reading the script for the Kenobi series. So, apparently they had all the crew on set ready to begin filming, ready to begin actual production. But why? And they told them all to go home. Well, I mean, why Why did she stop? Because this, I don't, I haven't done a lot of research into yeah. this. So, like, why did she stop them? From filming? Yeah. Okay, so the report is saying, or, I, I don't, this part's not part of Collider's report. Collider's the one that initially reported it. But there's rumor that the script is too similar to The Mandalorian. And with that, though, Apparently, they're saying that Obi-Wan was kind of like Mandalorian and Luke was Baby Yoda or the child, where Obi-Wan was protecting Luke throughout the series, and that but, was the overarching theme. But how are they going to do that and it be the same when the first time Luke and Obi-Wan meet, like where he recognizes or right. you know gets to know him, is in a new hope. Agree. And, and when Luke's like what, twenty one? Yeah. And I well, I think he's eighteen. Eighteen. But yeah. yes. I mean, I completely understand that point. But I guess it all just depends on how old Luke is Luke is during this series. Cause I mean, there's definitely that age where you don't remember meeting someone and then yeah. later down the road you end up realizing that you did meet them. I so guess, I mean, that's possible. I don't think I want to see so I'm all for Kathleen Kennedy stopping it if it's like that, to where she sees something that's an issue and she doesn't want to continue with filming it. I get that. I'm all for that. But again, it's just this inconsistency of there's always something extra that should have already been taken care of before we got to this point, where they're ready, crews on site to begin filming, to begin production, and they're just now deciding to pull the plug. Yeah, I mean... Okay, so I'm going to get into my little soapbox about Obi-Wan, about yeah. how he, in my opinion, he is the best Jedi that's ever been put in Star Wars world. So, starting out, we first see, and chronologically, you know, Star Wars time, we first see Obi-Wan, and um, the first movie we see him in, he watches his master get slaughtered. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Yeah. Second movie. You know, we see him and Luke starting, or Anakin, yeah, starting to grow their relationship and everything. Okay, third movie, his brother is what mm -hmm. he says. You know, goes to the dark side, like yeah. betrays him, right? Completely sees all of his younglings get killed. Yeah, he, all the he watches all the younglings get killed. He has to go into hiding. Yep, um, on Tatooine to protect his brothers. Orphan son, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, from the Empire, from his father, from his own father. He's got, a, yeah. So it's all messed up. Mm -hmm. And then he sacrifices himself to save Luke. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Darth Vader, Anakin, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but always stays true to the ways of the Force. Yeah, he does. The light side. That he does. I mean, he went through some pretty rough stuff there for a little while and he always stayed true to the light side of the force yeah so my he's, opinion he's uh he's number one he's a character that definitely deserves everyone's respect and so back to what i was saying is like i'm okay with her stopping production 
mm-hmm. to make sure this character is done correctly. Yeah. But the ball's in her court now. Yeah. And I'm afraid if she doesn't pull through and make this a huge success like the Mandalorian, right? Then uh, she she might be uh, she might be headed out the door. Yeah, and so you kind of talk about the Mandalorian, and I really do think that we're to the point if Obi Wan does not succeed, I think there's a clear direction of Choice. who should yeah, replace think, her. Yeah. And I believe that it should be John Favreau, yes, the showrunner of the Mandalorian, the content that has been the most Star Warsy of anything we've seen so far from Disney. Yeah, and that's the thing with Disney is like I think they're getting too far away from what Star Wars originated as, you know, yeah. the Western space, you know, movie. I mean, it's just a, yeah. a Western in space is pretty much all it is for sure. And uh, I think they kind of got away from that a little bit with these last uh with the sequels and the Mandalorian that's all it is Absolutely. pretty much so and it's a hit yeah there's a reason for that in my opinion yeah so stick to what's gonna work and for sure you know if it's too close to the Mandalorian if she says well it's too close to the storyline of the Mandalorian uh I mean you don't want to be far from it because yeah. the Mandalorian is a great is an awesome <laughs> show yeah so but there again, if this is if the ball's in her court now, she's gonna stop production, and supposedly it's not gonna delay anything. But yeah, that means I think they're gonna rush worry. through. They're gonna rush through production. Yeah, Ewan McGregor has come out now after this report and has said, you know, don't overreact. This is not as a big of a deal as you think it is. He says you're still going to end up getting the series at the same time. Yeah. But that brings the issue of, well, aren't you just going to have to rush filming the show now to what we're actually going to be able to see? Like, that's even a bigger of a deal. Yeah, I don't want that to happen one bit, not at all. Yeah. So I think it's, like you said it perfectly, it's on her now. Like, she's made this decision. We've got to see that decision give us the best Obi-Wan possible. Yeah, she's going to have to validate her decision to put production on hold. Yeah. And if she doesn't, then I think we're going to see a new president of Lucasfilm. Yeah, and I guess we're in agreement that we hope it's John Favreau. Yeah, the only pushback I think we're going to get from that, okay, you're not going to get any from me. No, I don't um, think you'll get it from most Star Wars fans, But just here's because the thing. of the success of The Mandalorian. You're going to get it from people who don't like Marvel. People that don't like comic books. Right. Okay. And that's because, you know, Favreau, he's a uh he's a big guy. I mean, he wrote what all the iron or directed well, all the Iron Man he, movies. So he directed the first Iron Man and that's really the Marvel movie that kicked it all off. Yeah. It's what started tying everybody together. Yeah. Well like, it it's what the gave the whole Marvel cinematic universe like the wheels rolling on yeah. that to where people were interested. And then what, like Captain America and then And Thor all that started coming. Hulk, yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of like the, the one that got all of that off its feet. Yeah. And so he's a big dude in Marvel, and uh, when he, if, well, I said when, if he ever becomes president of Lucasfilms, <laughs> I think we're going to see more of the um, action-packed, which I'm fine with, but I think you're going to get some pushback. The yeah. action-packed TV shows and films, because um, didn't he write 
the Mandal some most episodes in the yeah, Mandalorian. So he wrote episodes one through three and seven and eight. So the ones that connected the most, the ones that were the best. Yeah, the best ones, the best episodes in the Mandalorian, he wrote. So and they were action packed. They yep. were fun to watch. They but were exciting. Western. They had that Western they vibe. They had the, the <laughs> classic Star Wars Western, you know, space cowboy yeah. vibes. And uh, so. I think as long know. as whoever the president of Lucasfilm is, number one, loves Star Wars. Number two, respects all things in Star Wars, not just the movie side of things, no. which I firmly believe Kathleen Kennedy is only worried about the movie side of things, yeah. which I highly disagree with. Yes. As long as that individual loves all things Star Wars and they connect all things Star Wars, and again, they tie in that Western vibe, that old school vibe that George Lucas basically created, as long as they do that, they're going to be in co- good position. But I think Kathleen Kennedy's lost sight of that. In all honesty, to be determined for me, because we'll see. This could be. I mean, yeah. this it's a it's a hero or zero moment for her. That's fair, and I I think a lot of fans have gotten to that point well before this. Yeah, and I mean, I think I got to that point even after the Last Jedi, to where I was ready to for, to see a new change, um, a new yeah. direction. But I understand. I, I get giving her the opportunity to finish out the sequel trilogy, but now that the Skywalker saga is quote unquote over, yeah. this is it the, should be, but now we got another time. freaking Skywalker. <laughs> but that's for another time. This is the time to make a transition and change if they're going to make it. But like you said, though, it, now that she's made this decision on Obi Wan, it's on her. So I think now yeah. she has to stick around until that's finished, at least maybe or maybe not. Because it all comes down to Disney. If Bob Iger wants her out, she's out. That's fair to say. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So that kind of leaves us to get into the third and final phase of this episode. I feel like we spent a lot of time looking at the negatives of behind the scenes, but there's definitely a lot to keep in mind with the positives. There's a lot to look forward to. With I mean, the future. With Star Wars world. And I will say this, just out of time, I want us to make sure that we're saving a lot of things to talk about, definitely in this Mandalorian off-season. So I don't think we're going to dig too deep into the future of Star Wars. Maybe we'll save that for definitely like a full-on focused podcast episode. So really, just real quick, I just want to give a rundown of the things that we have to look forward to. So right now on Disney+, Plus, we've got The Mandalorian Season 2 in development. They're actually already shooting that. Uh, I think... If you follow either John Favreau on social media, also if you like us on Facebook, you would have seen a picture of George Lucas and Baby Yoda um, on set. I believe that was actually during this season, so that's just another uh, tidbit out there to show that they're in production for season two right now. As well as that, again, we have that Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's in production, even though they're kind of backtracking right now. That Cassian Andor series is still planned for Disney+. Plus. I haven't really heard much more about that, but it hasn't been canceled, at least not so far, so that's good to know. And then lastly for Disney+, Plus, next month, we've got the final season of The Clone Wars coming out. And I will say that Clone Wars trailer came out earlier this week, and it shows very evidently in that trailer that we're going to get this Clone Wars season is going to go all the way up to 
Revenge of the Sith and even have some tie-ins in between maybe some scenes there in Revenge of the Sith. So we're going to get some connections between hopefully Order 66 and more Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, all the stuff we loved uh, inside that season. And Ahsoka. Yes, and Ahsoka. So hopefully we get to see how Ahsoka survives Survives, Order 66. That'd be great to see. Because we don't really get to see that. And also, Captain Rex. Yeah. Because he's in Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. At some point, he cuts his chip out to where he doesn't follow Order 66. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if we'll see that. um, Isn't he in... Return of the Jedi? Yeah. He is. And it's kind of like a secret, like... Because obviously Clone Wars was made well after Return yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah. It's like the old man with the gray beard behind Han's behind Han Solo on the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Apparently that's Captain Rex. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Great. And that I believe that was Dave Filoni because he was the one that was kind of doing Clone Wars during that time. Oh, I got you. So again, that's why I think I think Dave I think John Favreau should be the president. Of Lucasfilm, I think Dave Filoni should kind of be like his like apprentice. Yeah. His apprentice in the force. <laughs> but the apprentice. But yeah, that's what we got going on Disney Plus wise. Of all those Disney Plus ones though, what do you look forward to the most? Who uh Man, I'm probably gonna have to go with season two of The Mandalorian. I see I still agree. And just because we've had such good you know, luck with it. Yeah. It's, it's been, been so good awesome. and refreshing so, to see. Yeah. And it's hard, It's so weird that I'm sitting here saying that. When and we just had a Star Wars movie come out last yeah, month. What, two months ago? True. And I'm also picking that over an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's crazy to me. Well, it's I would always, right now. I would always pick a Jedi with a lightsaber as a TV show. That would be so awesome. But like you said, we're... It's like this gray area right now that we we have no clue what that's going to be like anymore. So I don't even, I don't know what to expect with it. And hopefully we'll get some news that's positive soon as far as that goes to get me back on that Disney Plus is great train. But like you said, Mandalorian Season 2, we can't wait for that because we'll be able to do our full-on Mando talk, talking about the Mandalorian episodes, which will be great. And we'll always be here to talk about that. So now let's switch to the future of film real quick. Again, we'll dig deeper into this on another podcast episode. But Kevin Feige, the, I guess, creative head of Marvel, is signed on to produce a Star Wars film. That's official, but here's the little rumor. And that rumor is that Taiki Watiti is going to direct that Kevin Feige produced film. And he is the director of chapter eight of the Mandalorian, which is my favorite episode and a lot of people's favorite episode thoughts on that. I mean, I think it, I think it's going to be awesome if it happens, if it happens, which they would almost be dumb not to. Yeah. Well, it was funny on Twitter. uh, Taika posted the same day that that rumor came out. He posted the album cover of Fleetwood Mac's album rumors. And yeah. that's all he said. I thought that was golden. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it would be awesome to see. I mean, yep. it would any kind of Star Wars, new Star Wars is is good. Um especially when you have such a good director and we've only seen, uh, you know, one of his Star Wars movies, right. I guess. But he knocked that one out of the park. Yeah, so, he did. Um which it is the finale, so he he's yeah. handed a loaded gun there, so True. Um we'll see what he does. 
I yep. know I know what he's capable of. I hope of. it happens. So that'd be a great it would pairing. Be cool. And you're you're like like we said, we're adding another Marvel man to the mix. Yep. Which I'm I'm not gonna complain about because um, I like Marvel. I like yep. um, the Avengers and all that stuff. So yep, I'll be I would be okay with it. Yeah, yep. I would, yeah. I'd I'd love to see it, and I hope to see it because yep. I can't think of another after seeing Chapter Eight. Can't think of another better director to take over. Yeah, and I really, I really want to get away from the Skywalkers. I want this kind of new stuff, and I love the Skywalkers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I think. Star Wars is at a point where we need a refresh and we need new characters, new things, new ideas. Well, and that's the thing with the Skywalkers, and I won't spend too much time on it, um, but they're so beloved, so it's hard to do anything with those characters without yep. you making know, someone mad. Making somebody mad or you know offending somebody. Yep. So we just need to leave them alone. They, they, they've done their part. For 42 they've years, done they've done nine done their part. episodes. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, let's have fun with someone else. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the last thing that's to the future, it's still never been denied, still confirmed from all we know, is that Ryan Johnson still signed on for multiple films. And not to dig too deep into that, but I'll pose you the question: With do you believe those will still happen? Mm, uh. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. Do you want to explain? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and no. <laughs> if they don't have a new president, if Lucasfilm doesn't come up with a new president, no. Okay. If they do come up with a new president. Okay. Does that makes right. sense. Yeah. So if Kathleen Kennedy gets ousted, or if she steps down, yeah, Ryan Johnson's gone with her. Yes. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. If she sticks around, I still think there's a slim chance, though. Maybe she's learned from her mistakes. I still think there's a chance, even if she does stick around, that he won't be able to do those films. But I do lean toward definitely. If she's not around, they're not going to happen. I don't think, just because I don't think that whoever the new creative president will be won't want to start off with having Ryan Johnson come back. That'd be a rough start. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind Ryan Johnson's film. It's just yeah. he went totally off track of yep. what was supposed to happen, what we thought was supposed to happen, and so, I mean, that movie was directed good. I thought, yeah, it was for for what he was going after. It was yeah. executed well. Like yeah. all the scenes, he he knew what he wanted to happen in those scenes, and they turned yeah. out very well. So I mean, as far as him as a director, you know, it might not. I don't time will tell. You know, I don't want to put too much out there, but yeah, we'll time see. will tell. We'll see for sure. Yeah. I think that's all I've got far as tonight for the future of Star Wars goes. Yeah. Again, the future of Star Wars, we could talk for hours and hours and about and I guarantee you you're going to hear that at some point so we're just going to go ahead and let it sit there yeah and the future of Mando now. Talk depends on you so yep. <laughs> you got to give us those likes and you got to give us those shares and get our help us get our name out there and um, I guess are you ready yeah so before we send away though make sure you like us on Facebook yeah. 
follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We're at Mando Talk on all of those platforms or just search Mando Talk. We are now also on almost every single one of your podcast listening services. So again, just search Mando Talk on those and you'll be able to hear me and Nolan both. As always, you know, we're the best host out there to talk about Star Wars. So you better check us out or you're missing out. Yep, that's right. As always, I have spoken.